welcome back. It's time for customers who click. I've got a really cool episode for you today. It's a new topic to me and probably quite a few of you as well. I don't see many brands doing this at all and kind of for valid reasons that we'll get into soon. Today, my guest is Sarah Williams. Sarah is an on-air host and producer in the shoppable live streaming space. It's a tough space to get into. Uh, it requires a fair bit of work and commitment, but it can reap some pretty impressive rewards if you can get it right. So let's get Sarah on now to explain exactly how you can do that. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind just quickly introducing yourself, give us a bit of your background and what you're up to today? Yeah, well, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here on the show talking about shoppable live streaming. But yeah, my name is Sarah Williams. I am a on-air host and producer and programmer. In the last year, year and a half, I got into the shoppable live stream space and currently work as T3 Hair Tools spokesperson. And I host, program, and produce all of their shoppable live streams. We did over 100 last year, which is just craziness. Before getting into shoppable live streams, I've been an actress and a host here in Los Angeles and have appeared on QVC recently, which was very fun. But yeah, excited to, to really get into it with you here today. Awesome. Yeah. So what's, uh, what did you get you into live streaming? Yeah, so I've always had a passion for for hosting and really, you know, connecting with my audience and also doing interviews and making my interviewee feel comfortable and at ease so we can really, you know, get to the bottom of the of the discussion. And so I've been hosting for years and years. I had a podcast, then I had another podcast for a while, all that sort of stuff. And then when the pandemic hit, I was really interested in the shoppable live stream space because it it kind of blew up. I have an interest in hosting for home shopping as well. So that like being on QVC was such a, such a fun opportunity for me, but that's basically what shoppable live streaming is, is it's, you know, hosting for home shopping, but in a more kind of cool and modern and digital space, it's, it's very authentic really. So when I kind of saw that opportunity, I just really dove in head first. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose why, why is live streaming or shop, shoppable live streaming such a big opportunity right now? What is the opportunity? Can you give us, I guess, a bit, a bit of an overview of what, what, what the channel is, how it works, where you can do it? Yeah, absolutely. So shoppable live streaming, I guess you could say, was really burst or or kind of became popular in China. And some of the statistics of, you know, the money that gets made through shoppable live streaming in the East is just, it, it's insanity. I know there's there's influence there that make more than grocery chains do here in, in the US. So it's it's a big opportunity yeah, to, to make some cash. But, you know, obviously the East doesn't always, or the West doesn't necessarily follow exactly what the East is doing. But when the pandemic did hit, all of the brands, all of the retailers had all this focus on brick and mortar that had to be transferred to .com. So how do you now connect with people through a computer? And so this shoppable live streaming became really interesting. And it's it's been here. I mean, you know, you kind of had it on social media. Amazon Live is a is a pretty big platform and they've been doing it for, you know, several years now. I think like almost a decade, but you know, most people hadn't really heard of it. And the reason that it became really interesting for brands and retailers, right, is now we can we can blend that brick and mortar and dot-com experience. So consumers have the benefit and the convenience of shopping at home, on their phone, on their mobile device, from their laptop, but now they can interact with a brand expert. And that's really what your host is, right? Maybe they're an educator from the brand. Maybe they're, you know, if you're a big retailer, just as, you know, salesperson that had been on the floor, maybe it's the founder. But now, you know, someone's able to answer those questions in real time for the consumer. Consumers like it because they're able to make much more considered purchases. They have that convenience of right talking to someone directly and asking the questions that they want to that, you know, like for instance, if you're shopping for 
furniture. It's like, well, what does that fabric feel like? Is it plushy? Is it more linen-y? You know, and you can really get those questions answered. Because of all of that, sales that are made through shoppable live streams have a 50% lower return rate and sales actually increase by about 30%. So retailers and brands love it and consumers enjoy it because it's it's a great way to you know shop in a more considered way. And, and there's also some people that just enjoy that type of content and enjoy engaging with a brand or a retailer through a shoppable live stream. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that last bit, actually. So I, I used to work in gambling here in the UK. <laughs> and particularly some of our, our games were kind of bingo, bingo, live casino. And so you would have, so on, on bingo, which you just had chats, it was like a live chat and people would just yep. interact with the, the hosts. And yep. you'd also, but you'd get people coming back for specific hosts and saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to join this bingo session because this host is on. And if they weren't on, they'd be like, oh, where's this person? You know, right. and if they're, you know, they might be off sick or something and they, and the person, you know, the, the members would disappear they would leave and, and come back yeah. a few days later. And the same happened on, on the casino side where we've got live casino. People would genuinely just just sit there engaging with the hosts and and just having a chat and stuff. They, so they do, they like that engagement. They like that kind of those experiences. It's kind of this like sense of community too, because you get like your your regular viewers and they're interacting with your host, but then they're interacting with each other and you know, how was your kid's birthday party? And so it really does become this this community, which is which is so fascinating. But what you just mentioned kind of reminded me of another point of of live streaming and shoppable live streaming. And what also makes it compelling is that it's not pre-recorded. So you do have that ability to interact. And that is arguably one of the most important pillars of a shoppable live stream is like interacting with your audience, building that community. And of course, you know, offering additional product and brand education. Yeah, I think that makes sense really. Otherwise people would just sit there, you know, browsing Instagram or or checking your YouTube channel or something like that. But if you've got yeah. the the actual live experience is really good because... I suppose you can you can see what other people are asking, so you can see what what sort of questions other people come up with. You know, I suppose with, with certain types of products, you might see that a lot of people do that because they they don't really understand these products, they, but they also don't know what questions to ask. So maybe they wait for right. people to to ask those questions. You know, stuff around CBD, for example. I, I've started working with a client recently, and. I did some customer interviews and pretty much everyone said their understanding of CBD was pretty much zero. Yeah. They, they, they knew what it, the, the benefit or they, they had understandings about the benefit it would have, but the actual understanding of what CBD was, how it works, the, any sort of pros, pros and cons to it, anything like that, it was generally like nothing. So that'd be an opportunity to, I guess, potentially plant someone on a live stream to, to ask those questions, right? You can plant, or, you know, you can be even, you know, more authentic than that. And just be like, here's a question we get asked often. Yeah, I suppose all <laughs> that. Let me just ask it to myself. That's super interesting. My friend owns a CB skincare line. And uh, yeah, I love what she makes, but I'm also like, how does it lock in my skin's natural moisture? I'd like to, I'd like yeah. your insights on that, Will. <laughs> Yeah. And also, why is it so expensive? Again, I, I had a few comments, just I understand there's a big, a lot of process that goes behind it and it's, and it's expensive to produce, but they couldn't, they couldn't say anything else. It was, it was the most generic explanation of why I think it's expensive, but there's no, no understanding why. So 
See, they yeah, those, should have a probable live stream and they can get in, you know, in depth about what, where the expense come from, what the value is. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be great for them. I'll to, I'll to chat to them about that. Love it. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, the two-way the two way side of it is really important. That's, yeah. that's obviously what's going to be really engaging about it. But what was I going to say? You mentioned the pandemic. So there's a company here called Liberty of London. They didn't, so they didn't do live stream, but they got... When, they, when their store closed, they basically got all their store staff to go and get onto live chat. And I think, I think actually video chat, I think live video chat. And so you'd go to the website and you'd, you'd go to a particular category or department and you'd be able to connect with someone who works in the store in that department and just have that, that kind of live, well, basically an in-store experience with them, but on yeah. the website. And they, like they, they got on that very quickly as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's wonderful. Clinique is a, a beauty brand that, that did that really well here in, in the States. And it makes sense, right? Because they have this entire staff that they don't want to lay off. It's like, how can we utilize them and their expertise? But yeah, I mean, you could argue that's live streaming. The approach for live streaming can be one-to-many, which is often what I do, or it can just be one-to-one video chat, right? And I think that can be incredibly helpful too in for, for products that are very like demo-based, right? Like Mm -hmm. beauty is such a great example. And that's the space that I'm mostly in, but it's like, you know, how do I apply this skincare effectively? You know, what is the best way to put on this mascara? Cause it's, it's so hard to like read that and then interpret it. It's so much easier to just see someone do it and, and someone to be able to say, Oh, you're doing it wrong here. Let me, let me coach you through it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think that is something that like all brands and retailers are going to be doing in the next couple of years. Like that just seems like such a no brainer and such a great value add for their consumers. Like, I think that's, that's coming quick. Well, on that note, what are the challenges? Like why, why aren't brands doing it right now? I think it can be overwhelming, especially a lot of brands and a lot of people feel like it has to be this really high production value thing, right? Like, I think what comes to a lot of people's minds here in the US when you talk about like a shoppable live stream or live selling is like QVC and Home Shopping Network. And that's obviously huge production value, right? You've got a multi-cam approach, you've got directors, you've got professional lighting. But the truth of the matter is you can do a shoppable live stream on your cell phone. And most social platforms now offer shoppable live streams. You can go on Instagram and do a shoppable live stream. And if your you know, website runs on Shopify, you can connect, you know, and it's, it's a direct purchase. So I think people tend to get really overwhelmed by it. And then it's also like, okay, if we do it in-house, who, who kind of has the expertise to do this? And it's not just having a host or someone that can go live or coming up with one theme. It's like, how, are you going to program it? Are you going to make it? a a sales channel? Are you really going to commit to it? Are you just going to use it in key moments? And, you know, different strategies are going to be effective for, you know, different approaches and and different goals. But I think that can be, that can be really intimidating. Or if you're going to just outsource it all, it can be crazy expensive. So I think those are some of the, some of the hurdles that brands face. I've also heard, you know, because people do sort of have that QVC home shopping network, as kind of their baseline, like, oh, this is what we're going to recreate. And sometimes that can feel a little outdated or it can feel a little pushy or it doesn't, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't feel quite on brand, but you know, when you're owning the live stream experience, you can make it whatever you want it to be and whatever's brand appropriate. So I would just encourage brands and retailers, like just 
just try it. Just, just, just give it a try. Just get in there and see if it works and see how it can impact your business, not only from a sales standpoint, but from, you know, developing that sense of community from developing brand advocates and just, I mean, reaching people in an authentic way because people, I mean, consumers are hungry for that. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point about comparing it to like QVC and stuff and, and thinking, well, all right, so we need multiple cameras, which means not only have we got to have the host, we've got to have three other people in the room, you know, doing the camera work, how you've then got to work out how you actually do that coordination. How do you make sure you know which camera to switch to? And how do you, how do you even do that camera switching? Right. I've, I've I've got no idea. I've, I've never done anything like that. So yeah, it's suddenly you can build it up to be this really, really tough, uh, ridiculous thing. But one thing that I, as part of my business, I, I kind of work with a, a sales coach for a bit. And the one bit of advice that really stuck out to me was just kind of say you're doing something and commit to it, and then you've got yeah. to get it done. Yeah. Right. So I started doing some webinars earlier this year. And the first one, yeah, I was, I was kind of sat around for a bit, not really getting anything done. And then I just put the event up on LinkedIn, invited a load of people to it. And as soon as people started saying yes to attending, I thought, well, I've, I've, I've got to do this now. I've, I've got to prepare some yeah. slides. I've got to work out what platform I'm going to use to stream it. I've got to work out how, like, how to do all that. And, and I got it done and it was easy. And yeah. I just did it from, from this room, probably exactly the same setup as, as I've got now. So, yeah, I think, but also, again, I, I think it comes across a bit more genuine as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would look good to actually, you know, if it was beauty or something, just have someone who's kind of almost a bit like chilled out, just in the room, answering questions and saying, yeah, this is how you, how you put it on. These are some of the ingredients, you know, just talking through it, but in a really casual way, as opposed yeah. to like QVC, which is sales. Hard right? sales, it's, yeah. We're just we're selling the product. This is forty five minutes of just me talking through how this product is so good and why it's so good, how much it costs, and the ridiculous deal that you're going to get. The savings <laughs> of value. I, I'm assuming it's the same over there, but I, I've seen it a little bit here. It is. Uh, my yeah. My old where I used to live, my old apartment in the gym. For some reason, certain times of the day, the gym would be on uh, either QVC or some some QVC. sort of live. Live selling channel, and it's it gets to the end, and it's well, not even the end, it's most of the way through. It'll be you can get this product today for $49.95. And if you order it today, we're going to throw in this and this and this and yeah. this and this. And suddenly, you've got you've gone from buying one product, something like a, a blender, to buying a blender with all the different attachments, you know, like a food processor, yeah. multi use food processor. You've bought a load of Tupperware. You've bought like an entire kitchen's worth of stuff, um, and also somehow it's still forty nine ninety five. So how did they work that into the savings? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, how do these things work when you get so much extra on top? So much stuff. But, I, I I will say like you know it is still considered quote best practice, and everything's shifting. And I think live streaming in in the West is still figuring out exactly what it is. But, you know, you can offer like a live only discount to drive those sales yeah. in the moment. But I think you can choose that in appropriate time. So like if you're doing a closeout, if you're trying to get rid of product, you know, whatever it is, if you are doing a live stream for sales, then make it a sales-based live stream. You know, if you're doing a live stream around a new product launch and you just want to generate excitement, then, you know, you don't have to do all the salesy stuff. That's not why you're there. So you can, live streaming is simply a tool that brands and retailers can use to connect. 
I mean, there's always an opportunity to get some sort of promotion in there. You know, I know Mm -hmm. with a new product, hopefully you wouldn't have to be discounting or or anything like that. But yeah, why not? If you're doing a live stream, why not give people a a free gift with it? You know, a free, I don't like a free makeup bag or something because you've launched this new new product. So a gift with purchase is, you know, it's a cost obviously, but it doesn't come across as a, as a discount. It comes across as something extra that customers are getting. It's almost like, thank you for joining us. Here's a gift from us to you. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's not pushy. It's, uh, it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's also rewarding people who are are more engaged with the brand, you know, they might buy anyway, but give them a gift. They might be more likely to give a five-star review. I tell someone else about it and, and buy more. Yep. Come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get it, Will. You get it. <laughs> yeah. So regarding like hosting and stuff and, and, and the, the, I guess the live, the live bit of it, how does this differ to using things like UGC or, or maybe even like, like you know, if, if you work with influence at the, influencers at the moment, could you get an influencer to do this for you? Can. So I think there's several approaches, you know, that that brands can take to live streaming. I think when you are planning out your programming or your strategy, you want to consider, right? Do we want this to be branded content or do we want it to feel like UGC? My personal preference, and hey, I'm probably a little biased because I consider myself more of an on-air host rather than an influencer. But I think if you're if you're going to connect with your audience and right and your consumers, you have Whoever's on camera for you, they need to know the product and the brands inside and out. Because if people are asking questions and your host is kind of ignoring them or unable to answer them, they really lose that credibility. And then sort of as a brand, you it's kind of like, why are we all here? So I, I do encourage you know brands and retailers to make sure, and you can certainly use an influencer as your talent, but just make sure that they can answer those product questions and brand questions very, very effectively. Granted, sometimes really obscure questions come up, but that's yeah. why it can be helpful to have a chat manager. Like, oh, I don't know what the voltage is on that. Let me have, you know, Jacqueline look that up for you and she'll put that in the chat. I would also you know, just be aware of if you're working with an influencer, make sure that they're good live. A lot of influencers we see are are excellent at creating highly curated and highly edited content, which is fabulous. I mean, that is an an absolutely fabulous skill to have, but that doesn't always necessarily translate to right. A a live hosting situation. Things go wrong, you know, technical. I mean, my (laughs) microphone is like every time, my goodness, that I'm recording a podcast, something goes wrong. Like what is happening? You know, and you just gotta be able to roll with the punches. So Uh, you just, uh, you want to be very aware of that. Yeah, I think it's that rolling with the punches bit, which is key. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if someone asks a question that you can't answer, you know, being able to then say, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure on that. Let me get whoever to, to quickly look it up and, and they'll drop it in the chat and just kind of like rolling with that quickly. Whereas you might get yeah. some people who just kind of stumble a bit and, and they're like, I, I can't answer this question, but I feel like I should, I should try right. to, but, and then either gives a really unconvincing answer or it's kind of clear they don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. Now, having said all that too, I should say, you know, if you are wanting to get into live streaming, but you're not quite ready to do it in-house or commit, you can certainly seed influencers that are live streaming and they'll talk about your products and they'll, you know, they'll live stream for you. But then that's right. A UGC approach rather than a, than a branded approach. So it's just, it's different, but can be highly valuable. I suppose it's, it's more like the QVC side. 
where it's it's purely outbound. I'm live streaming, but I'm talking about this product. Might be able to answer a few questions that come up in the comments, but not really going to do all of them. As opposed to the what you're saying, shoppable live streaming, which is that almost like that two way conversation. You know, any, anything the customer asks should be able to be answered on that stream. Exactly. And then, you know, an influencer is always going to, you know, filter the product and brand story through their own personal lens because that's what they do. So you're talking about the the viewers that would tune in and want a specific bingo host and they're not going to be there if their host's not there. You know, people love influencers, they're fans of influencers. And so that can be, of course, very powerful to have someone, you know, advocating for your brand that's in that space. But yeah, then it just becomes like, I really like this because you know, you know, it was healthy for my dog. And I felt like my dog liked this food or whatever, rather than, you know, here's what's in the dog food that's going to be healthy for your dog, right? It's just different, different messaging, different approach. Yeah, think about that. Have you ever tried or, or thought about kind of bringing guests on? So oh. having a host, host that's doing the main thing and then almost like bringing in testimonials really, and wh- whether that's into the room or, or just on a streaming in themselves but then asking them a few questions because you could get some really, really amazing feedback there. I suppose you've still got to be careful because if you get the wrong person who gets really awkward. You just just want to be careful. Actually, I have guests on, I would say like 70% of my live streams. So, you know, the live streaming that I do for the hair tools company, sometimes it's just me doing, you know, hair hacks or tips and tricks or like a start to finish style. But a lot of times we bring on stylist educators, celebrity stylists, then, you know, I follow along with their demo. That can be really interesting too, because then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm still quote an everyday woman and, oh, that, that technique you just did, that was hard. Let's do that again. Can you show me it again? You know, so then you're almost as the host taking the voice of the consumer. And then there's other times where we'll bring on like just regular everyday men and women with, you know, Hey, I'm struggling with this or, Hey, this is my technique. So, you know, there's where you're really getting to that, like relatability and authenticity, but yeah, guests are great. Especially if you're going to stream long form, which most shoppable live streams are, I'm usually streaming for like hour to an hour and a half. It's nice to have someone there to ping pong and chat with, you know, you don't have to carry the whole thing yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I suppose if, you, if you're interacting with people, that that helps. But yeah, yes. if, I suppose you every now and again you probably get a bit of a quiet stream where people aren't aren't, answer, aren't asking questions. Sometimes, so you are yeah. kind of left to yeah. just keep it going yourself. Yep, and and especially you know influencers can talk about you know they they have an endless supply of products they can they can discuss. Whereas if you're truly a brand or a retailer, it's like okay, we're talking about these five things today, so let's keep it to these five things for 90 minutes. How do you keep that fresh? How do you keep that engaging? You know, that's the, that's the challenge of it, but also the fun of it. Yeah. Cool. So what would be your top tips for brands who are are thinking of getting into it? Well, like you said, I think just, just dive in, (laughs) you know, that's, that's number one. If you're interested in doing it, just, just do it, you know, and start with the resources that you have in house. You know, if you have a founder, that's willing to go and be live and then use them. If not, you know, you can use an educator, you can use a sales rep. People are interested also in, you know, hearing from like product developers. So, you know, just, just kind of get in there and try it. You're going to learn so much <laughs> as you, as you do it. And it's really difficult to, I think, under, 
not under, I mean, you can understand it, but to really get better at it until you just actually do it. So there's challenges, there's things that are going to come up and you can, you can plan just, you know, so intensely and then still something can go wrong at the last minute. And so, you know, just, just learning what those things are, anticipating, yeah, just, just get in there, just do it. And you can do a really simple setup, you know, so I feel like every brand has Instagram, right. And you can go live on Instagram. So just do that, you know, and, and for the first few, if you don't want to drive traffic, right. You just kind of want to practice just, you can do that. And then you can start driving traffic and start promoting it. But all you need is, is a light, a tripod and a host. I would also say, think about what the goal of your live streaming is. So I like to think of live streaming sitting atop four pillars. So the first is most obviously, right? Sales. So is this, you know, really a heavy sales based or is this to, you know, create a sense of community? Or is this to just authentically connect with your consumers because it can be challenging to do that in other forms of content? Or are you really trying to educate people about your brand? And your now each stream can be a blend of all of those. It can sit more heavily on one or the other. But I think all effective live streams should incorporate all of those, even if just slightly for each pillar. So that's just something to consider too. What, why are you going live? What, what do you, what do you want to communicate? And just make sure you're, you're effectively doing that. It can also be really helpful to, you know, print out like a show flow. I always do that for my stream. So, and, you know, we kind of did that today. We have the questions, you know, we, we know kind of where we're going to go. So what is, what is the story we're going to tell? What are the demos we're going to do? And then I also like to print out a little cheat sheet of, you know, the product high level features, just in case someone asks me a question. It's like, oh, I kind of forget for this one. Let me just, oh yeah, it, it's, it's X, Y, and Z. So that can be really helpful as well. And then also have, have someone there to help your host. So even if you're just doing that simple approach where it's just, you know, one person live on Instagram, have someone in the room with them in case, you know, technically something goes wrong in, in case they need something, right. You can hand them a product and, you know, you can, can help to, uh, to facilitate those questions if need be as well. So I think that's, those are those best practices when you're just starting out. Okay. Great. And uh, I think you were saying at the start, you can just do it and do it on your phone. So you don't even have to worry about equipment and, and all that sort of stuff. Just just get yourself a, I guess, a basic setup. You probably want to have, you probably want to have a stand for that iPhone and not be holding it up the whole time. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you, you can get, get going with it pretty quickly. You really can. Yeah. Tripod, ring light, headphones, you're ready to go. Yeah. And then I think once you, once you dive in and you, you know, you've done some more live streaming and then you're like, how can we make this better? Okay. We can, we can get some better cameras. We can use some broadcast software, you know, and, but you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to start there. And honestly, it'll be easier if you've done a couple live streams and then you'll know how you want to utilize those tools more effectively rather than just having them be like, why do I have these things? Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. And what, what sort of mistakes do you see brands make? Or what mistakes do you think you've made in the past? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's many. I, I think one of the big mistakes that that brands will do is they'll have a celebrity or an influencer be their host, and then they just don't, they're not as engaged with the brand as maybe they should be. And so they are unable to answer those questions. I think that's a really big pitfall that brands can fall into. You know, if you want to utilize the clout and the traffic driving ability of someone like that, just just pair them with someone from the brand that can you know answer those questions and have them co-host. But I think that's that can be a major a major pitfall. I also think a lot of brands will 
you know, they, they kind of dabble in it and they're kind of like, okay, we're going to go live like once a month, we're going to do it on zoom, you know, or <laughs> whatever it is. And, and they're kind of not fully committed to it. And so you really have to have to stick to it. I would, I would say like it takes six months to build a program on any platform. And I think you really have to be streaming regularly on a weekly cadence. So people have to, you know, consumers and viewers have to know where they can find you. You have to kind of work to build that audience, which is going to help make your streams more engaging because now people are chatting with you. You have your regulars, you can chat with them, right? You're having a full conversation. You're not just talking at someone. And then you're also going to learn, because this is such a new channel, what themes are effective for your brand, right? So what's the type of content people actually want to see in a live stream from your brand? So if, if you're, you know, you can certainly just engage with live streaming at a launch or on a, on a lower cadence, but just understand that you're not you're not going to be able to build that program or build that channel with that sort of a, a lower cadence of streaming. So those, are, yeah, so those it, are some pitfalls. I suppose it's similar for other content channels, really. You yeah. kind of have to keep going at it. You have, you've got to keep going. That that first first LinkedIn post, first Instagram post, first live stream is, you know, might not get that much attention, but, yep. you know, keep going. At least with, with the live stream, you know, if you're already established, you can let people know. You know, let people yes. know in advance. Do you do you find any a particular day works or a particular time, or is it just a case of saying it's going to be this time on this day each week? I think it depends on the channel. So, right, social media people tend to engage more with social media in the morning before work or after work. So, you know, not ideal if you're a corporate person to be streaming yeah. early morning or late night, but you know, that can be effective. And then I, you know, I think it's, you know, if you're going to do it on your own website, when you have the most traffic, that's when I would stream, you know, so I would go when the most eyeballs are there and it's, it's really going to vary from place to place. But if you're not sure, I would just pick a time that you like that you think will be like, this is when I think people would be engaging with the brand and, you know, and start there. You can always change it too. Yeah. I was getting one other thing too, that I was thinking of mistakes I've made. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of a perfectionist and I really, you know, I like, I want it all to be perfect. I want it to look great. I want it to sound great, but that isn't super authentic and it isn't super relatable. And so people actually like, how much do we love it when a kid walks in the room or a pet walks in the room during like a live stream yeah. or someone's on the news, right? So I wouldn't like tell your kid to come in or whatever, you know, leave the door open so your pet can wander in and out. But things like that become really relatable. But, you know, sometimes like we'll have guests and the connection just, they're just gone, right? It's like, oh, you know, hopefully Carly can rejoin us. You know, I've, I've dropped things. I've said the wrong product as I'm holding a product. And actually that kind of works for you. So I wouldn't in an inauthentic way plan to make mistakes, but, but yeah. leave some room to just be a real person. I think that's really important. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point. It's similar to reviews, really. So I, you know, basically having a, having a five-star rating mm-hmm. is, is probably going to work against you. Right? You yeah. want to have a four point something just to show that your product is really good, but you probably have made mistakes or, or some people aren't happy. I was actually looking at a website earlier today and they had almost like 2,000 five-star reviews, a bunch of four-star and then nothing else. And I just said to him, look, I was on a call with the guy and I was like, is that right? <laughs> you know, is, yeah. Are you, yeah, are you kind of moderating this or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. And the answer was yes. So as I said, look, let's 
let's get rid of this. And he, and he said, he agreed with me actually, but a lot, he said, he said a lot of the negative reviews, a lot of the one stars are like shipping issues and things. So it's, yep. you know, over Christmas, things got delayed a little bit. So, you know, the product arrived a little bit after it was expected, but that's, that's not a review of the product. So actually yep. when people see that, they tend to kind of ignore it. You know, I'm sure you've, yep. I'm sure you've seen it on Amazon. You know, you get five-star reviews, which is, this is the best product in the world. It's the most incredible thing. It's changed my life. Not yeah. really helpful for anyone. Four-star yeah. reviews are the ones who say, it's such a great product. I love it. I just wish they did it like this or yeah. whatever. It's, you know, one slight critique. But the same goes for kind of one-star reviews. It tends to be just someone's, un- it, one-star reviews tend to be someone's unhappy with the company. Yes. Because they didn't get what they wanted. Whether, yep. you know, the product was late or whatever, or, you know, they've, they've not got the, the customer service experience that they demanded and it's, yeah. you know, it, it's not quite gone their way for some reason. Those are the reasons you get one stars. I remember when I worked in-house a couple of jobs ago, we got a one-star review from someone who said, so it was a car club, a bit like Zipcar. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it really bothers me that I have to keep saying bit like Zipcar because no one knows that. <laughs> no one knows the brand. They had a really awkward name as well. But anyway. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So this guy complained that we'd, we'd find or charged him an extra like, £175 or something. Mm. And obviously you're able to respond to reviews. So what we did was we responded to the review and, and then we asked Trustpilot to take it down because it wasn't relevant. But public response, which said, like, you you broke all the rules basically right. you 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 removed all our, our branding from the car you smoked in the car you left it like really really dirty you broke the rules and and you got fined in accordance with yeah like the the fines that are laid out so it's 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 stuff like that though those are the, the one star reviews are the there's nothing wrong with your product but i'm not yeah. happy with your business for some reason and yeah that was a really roundabout way of saying yeah that no, that kind yeah. of, you, you want some mistakes. Yes. You, you want some mistakes. You want it to come across genuine. I imagine even stuff like wearing Apple iPods, uh, iPods, I earbuds. What are they called? Earbuds. Yeah, 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 earbuds. Yeah, earbuds. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Wearing something like that, I, I imagine actually doesn't look super professional. You might expect someone not to be wearing like headphones of, of any sort. So. And people relate to that because also people, you know, I'm wearing a, a, a different brand, but I'm wearing the same sort of thing. Loads yep. of people wear them. So I guess that's a, like a relatable thing as well. It is. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sort of approach is, you know, if this is going to be the type of content I want someone to sit with me and engage with me on for more than two minutes, I, I kind of want the production value to be decent. So, you know, how often are you like watching a video on your phone and it's like security footage. And if something interesting doesn't happen in like 30 seconds, you're like, okay, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Cause I can't really see what's going on. It's like, I'm confused. So that's kind of the approach I take. It's, it's a, it's a shoppable live stream. It's long form. So you want at least people to be able to hear you. You want the video to be clear. So that stuff's really important. You know, you also want your lighting. Like if you have a touch screen product, if you're trying to sell an iPhone and you hold it up to a ring light, it's going to blow the whole thing out. So, you know, that's a space where, hey, maybe I'm going to invest in some better lighting so you can still see the product effectively on this camera. But yeah, I think it doesn't, it doesn't have to be 
perfect, you know, and a lot of, especially like influencer live streamers will like where you're, you're, you know, your background, you're like in a kitchen or an office, you know, I'm in a studio, but like you're at home. And I think that totally plays too. I think you can also get creative with like your backgrounds and your settings and things like that, you know, go into your lab, do it in the CEO's office, do it in the lunchroom and have people come over and say, hi, like, you know, you can use that to your advantage in, you know, with the goal of being authentic. So yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect by any means. Yeah. I think some great, great examples there. Great ideas. Have you got any examples of brands that are doing it really well? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So here in the States, Macy's is, is interesting. And I actually didn't realize this until a couple of weeks ago. They're doing weekly live streams and their approach has very much been, it's kind of the QVC. And I, I hate always saying that, right? But everyone knows what that means. It's very yeah. high produced. It's a multi-cam approach. They have their hosts. They bring on different guests. It's all very like elevated. It's all very beautiful. I think that's really interesting for a big brand to write like, we're going to put on this show. I think that's a great starting point. I'm sure that's going to evolve. THG, the Hut Group, which has a lot of subsidiaries, both in the UK and in the US, they were doing a lot of like Instagram lives, which I thought was really interesting and just such a great way to, to kind of just, just dive in and do it. Right. So they would have hosts, they would have different brands, they would have their own reps, just being live all the time and engaging with their consumers in that way, in a, in a much more right sort of raw and <laughs> quote, lower production value. What is also happening too is there's uh, destinations are starting to pop up for live streaming. So you've got like your social media, of course, you can just integrate it into your own site. There's a million different like white label software companies that, you know, that can do that for you. But then there's also spaces where you can go and either work with influencers or as a brand live stream. So, you know, I definitely specialize in, in the beauty space. So an interesting platform that that we play on is super great. And it's, it's very raw. It's very Gen Z. And so they have these super hosts, which are kind of their in-house influencers that are doing, you know, a couple shows a week. And there's, there's like, it seems like there's always someone live. And then as a brand, you can go in and you can do your live show. But, but that's really interesting too, because then the viewers and consumers that are coming to those channels are there specifically to engage in a shoppable live stream. So that can also be an approach if you don't want to necessarily do it on your social media or you know, go through the links integrated into your site just yet. You can find these destinations and these platforms so and apps are hungry to partner with brands. So it's it's literally a like live stream Netflix sort of thing, like you know, live shopping Netflix sort of thing. You, you just you go to the website as a consumer and mm-hmm. you can just see what all, all the different brands that are that are streaming or plan stream, all the different products being talked about, and you can just pick and choose yep. what you want. And then oftentimes these platforms will have all of their content be video-based. So you have live streams and that's the main component, but then you also have community members, which are basically the people that can't necessarily go live as well as, you know, brand hosts and your, you know, your super hosts, right? They're in-house influencers doing product reviews, you know, engaging with one another. So um, it's, it's very like, it's like TikToky or Instagrammy, right? You can watch the lives or you can engage and you can follow people and you can subscribe. So it's this whole like, you know, social shopping live video based space. And, you know, what I think is starting to have a, a, a larger space within all of this is just shoppable videos that could be short form, you know, maybe it's a review, maybe it's, you know, something more highly produced, maybe it's a snippet down from a live 
But I, I feel like we're starting to see that type of content being utilized more and more frequently as well, which is very interesting. But yeah, basically there's these apps and these platforms that you just, you know, you can download it on your phone or you can go to the website and just be a community member and engage and consume the content and, you know, shop directly through the app. Flip is another one that's really interesting. That's very like influencer heavy. So brands don't necessarily go live, but you know, there's all these influencers and all these reviewers and hosts that are creating content, which is super interesting. Yeah. Sounds really cool. Sounds like a good opportunity, especially if you're, I guess, like a startup or a smaller business as well, like gives you an opportunity to not only try out live shoppable shoppable live streaming, but also get in front of audiences, get in front of loads of people who who would never have heard of you. Because if you do it on your own Instagram or your own website, you might not get anyone just because you're still pretty early. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not a huge investment, right? Because either they're functioning as a retailer, so they're buying the product from you directly, or it's like a dropship situation where, you know, you're just fulfilling orders that come through the, the platform. But yeah, just to have more people talking about your your products. And of course, these platforms skew very young, you know, Gen Zers are the ones that are mostly engaging with these apps. But yeah, what a great way to connect with your up and coming demographic and shoppers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just final final question on on streaming. How do you make sure you're always improving? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> having having a feedback loop is is really helpful. So, you know, having people that are you know, on your team that are, if not regularly watching the streams, at least you're meeting on a regular cadence and sharing with them snippets of the stream and, and getting that feedback. I think a you know big thing for, for me right now is, okay, I feel like as a host, I'm, I'm doing really well. Of course, there's always ways that you can improve. So, you know, working with coaches and things like that, but just just watching what other people and brands in the space are doing and seeing where this is all going, because it's such a quickly evolving sector and wanting to stay ahead of that curb because even the tone of live streaming is has shifted in the last year. So how can you stay relevant? How can you stay connected? And how can you make sure that you're engaging in a way that your consumers want to engage with you? But yeah, it, it stinks to watch yourself <laughs> back. You know, and you're always your your own worst critic, but I think that's that's an important, you know, piece of it, you know, and taking note also of like, ooh, this happened today and I didn't love that. How can I either prepare myself so that it doesn't or, you know, make this adjustment moving forward? And whether that's, you know, I need jerk responded to a question that I didn't quite know the answer to, or this is a question I think anyone would ask. Let me talk to my team about how we want to answer it in the future. To even just, oh, here's another technical thing that happened. Gosh darn it, my batteries died again. Let me just buy some new camera batteries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that obvious. <laughs> yeah, I suppose yeah. Some, of the, some of the technical ones, a bit easier to just say, look, that happened this yeah. time. Let's let's make sure it doesn't happen again. But I suppose it's, it's adding to that. What did you call it? Your kind of agenda. What do you call it? I call it like a show flow or you run show a show, flow. your script. Yeah. So, stuff like that or the, the cheat sheets you know, and just making mm-hmm. sure that those are updated with you know, this, this happened at this stage. You know, I don't know. You might find that you're switching between one, one product to another and suddenly a flood of questions comes in. So then you say to yourself, okay, so now at the end of every product, we do a and a Let's make yep. sure that I, I leave time to just ask, to let people ask questions. And yeah, just yeah, exactly. getting that into the notes to make sure that that's how you structure it. Yep. And I suppose, I mean, do you do you set a time for it, or is it kind of you know you said an hour to hour and a half? Do you set that and you say I'm this this stream's going to be an hour, then we're then we're ending, 
or do you kind of leave it flexible but you have like an upper limit where you say this kind of has to end I leave it I leave it pretty flexible but you can usually tell when it's over which is really once you've talked about everything you needed to talk about and you feel like you've effectively answered you know the questions I did a stream the other day for a new product launch and it was on Instagram and we just had a ton of viewers and a ton of comments and a ton of questions and you know, when you have that much traffic, it can be challenging to like address them all. But I had a co-host. So, you know, I kind of would, as she was talking, I'd like, okay, let me, let me see what folks are saying. And if there were some important questions or things we hadn't covered yet, or something that a lot of people were asking, it's like, okay, here's a question we need to address together. Let's talk about this. But a lot of the streams that I do, I try to keep them demo-based because I think that just lends itself so well to video and also just being live, right? Let's do this thing together. Let's create this hairstyle together. And so once it's created, that's kind of it, right? <laughs> like you, yeah. you've done it. So sometimes, sometimes they're shorter. Sometimes they're 45 minutes. Sometimes they're 35 minutes. And it's like, wow, this was a quick one, but you know, we got through it. And I mean, if you have any last final questions, And then sometimes like, oh my gosh, we had so many questions. We went off on so many tangents on the different products. And now we're, we've been here for an hour and 40 minutes. That's long enough. Let's let's just wrap it up. But yeah, because it's not like a TV show, it's not like, you know, it's not like you have a time limit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't restrict yourself. The thing with live, especially if you're not driving a whole lot of traffic and you're expecting it to organically sort of take off and get traction, people are only going to discover you live while you're live. So it behooves you to be live for longer. You know, I know people and brands that'll, they'll do like the same 20 minutes, like four times. <laughs> they okay. just kind of, so that, that can certainly be an approach. I, I would prefer personally to keep it fresh, but if that's where you want to start, like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And it's like, okay, if you're just joining, we're going to, you know, we're talking about this again. So yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. restrict yourself on timing. So don't restrict, but also be, be aware that it could, it could run over what you've you've kind of allotted to it if the questions are there if the engagement's there so yes. make sure you don't have a meeting booked straight straight <laughs> after it yeah <laughs> leave, um, leave that flexibility <laughs> yeah and another question just popped into my head actually is because you mentioned people doing that same content and again and again and again mm-hmm. do you ever or, or does the brand reuse the live stream at all so repurpose it into to other content or just have it available for anyone to watch if they want to watch it? Yeah. So best practice definitely is to keep your live stream available on demand for at least like two weeks. I stream a lot on Amazon live and I would say our viewers triple or quadruple after the live as you know, a lot of the sales honestly come from, you know, after the live when it was available on demand. But yeah, I, I mean, if you're going to the trouble, I wouldn't take it off, right? There's no reason to not just let it live on whatever platform you're you're streaming on. When it comes to reusing the content, I think absolutely. You just have to be smart about how you're doing it. So, you know, it can also be daunting to try to take 75 minutes and edit it down to like a two-minute video. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's something specific you were talking about, like especially troubleshooting questions, like sometimes we'll have viewers that let's say have a tool and they've been using it and they're, they're, they're challenged with like one aspect of it. Like I'm trying to create a curl, but it keeps doing X. And so I answer that question and I, you know, I'm answering that question in like two minutes. That could be a great piece of content to share with your consumer services team is like, Hey, if you're having trouble with this thing, that's kind of a quote common issue. Here's a video explaining, you know, how to troubleshoot that and effectively use this tool. But yeah, 
to- I mean, you can totally edit it down and reuse it. And I absolutely would because you're going to the, you know, the trouble to make this beautiful, great content, you know, Hey, let's use it as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you say, you're going to get those, those questions, right? So if you can answer a question live, you've yeah. then got basically a blog post ready to go. And you've got that almost like an FAQ link, something you can exactly. send people to say, Oh, if you're having this problem with it, watch this video, that'll help you out. Yeah. I'll even too, like on a live, someone will be like, you know, let's, let's say we're talking about, you know, hair dryers and they're like, Oh, you know, what are some good flat irons that T3 makes? I'll be like, Oh, actually we did a whole show on flat irons two weeks ago. Here's the link in the chat. Check it out. It's a you know, whole hour and a half talking about the flat iron. So that <laughs> yeah. can be helpful. Again. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's a good way to not only answer that person's question and, and make sure they're aware that there's loads of content available to answer their question, but also yeah. Anyone who then comes across the, that stream later then can th- say, well, I, I really like these products. Now I'm going to go back and, and watch that live stream because they're talking about something really cool that I think I need. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Cool. So just before we finish, is there anyone in the kind of marketing world or anyone at a particular brand that you'd want to sit down and have lunch with? So I feel like I just spent the last... 15 minutes, not bashing on QVC, but being like, they're the dinosaurs, they're old. I would love to talk with some of the producers and programmers at QVC and just understand, you know, what, what secret sauce they use that, that works for them. Because I think that they are the baseline and the starting point that we're all, that we're all working off of. So that would be really, you know, really interesting to me to to connect with them or home shopping network, either one. They're owned by the same company now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so someone one of the big ones. Um, yeah, the guys have been doing it for years, and yeah, I've really nailed the the sales process, I suppose. Yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. You can always speak and on the other thing. <laughs> final thing: Have you got any tools that you recommend? What What are the the tools you use to to stream? Yeah, so a lot of people use ring lights. I'm not such a fan because they tend to they they're beautiful on skin and on people, but they tend to kind of blow out products. So I love just a simple like LED light and I won't light myself directly. I'll just kind of like bounce it off the wall, you know, or the ceiling. I think that can be really effective and you can buy like a pair of those for, you know, 120 bucks or hundred bucks on, on Amazon. And then having a, a tripod <laughs> yeah. is a very obvious, obvious must. There's also these little webcams that are kind of fun. It's called a razor. It's actually a lot of like Twitch users will use them. So if you're using a broadcast software and you're not ready to go through the lengths of, you know, purchasing like a DSLR and having a lens and that whole thing. And it's, that's a whole setup. These are great because you can actually control the camera settings through an app. And then it's, it just, it, it, it's meant for live streaming. So it looks really beautiful and it's got a great resolution, but it's not overly pricey. <laughs> Does it have a bit um, of a light on it? On it? It does. It has a little built-in ring light that you can. Yes, yeah, it's it's Razer. It is. A, it's a gaming brand. They yeah. They they do loads of PCs. Yeah, I think they're owned by Dell actually now. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's that's one of my yeah, favorite hacks. E- either either they're either owned by Dell or they've got a very close partnership because I think you can buy you know, on the Dell website. They make a big deal out of you know you can buy a Razer gaming laptop. Ah, there you go. See, the more you know, technology. Yeah. I could learn a lot more about the tech. Cool. It's been uh, amazing stuff. Really, really interesting. Loved hearing about about shoppable live streaming. Definitely going to go speak to a few people about this and, and point them in the direction. If anyone wants to reach out and find out more, if they've got any questions, what's the best way of doing that? 
Yeah, so you can check out my website, www.sarahwilliams.tv, S-A-R-A-H, and then Williams, and then .tv is in television. And then there's links to all of my content and my socials on there. And then LinkedIn, I love connecting on LinkedIn and seeing what everyone's doing from a business standpoint. So I'd love to love to meet up with you all on there as well. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Well, this was such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> If you get it right, shoppable live streaming is like running an advert that explains in detail all about your product, but then also engages your customers at the same time. They get to see uh, how the product works and so potentially how they benefit from it. And they can also ask questions directly to the presenter. The intent on these visitors is going to be pretty high. You know, if they're willing to sit down for maybe just five, 10 minutes, but potentially as long as 30 to 40 to watch someone talk through a product, they've, they've got to be pretty interested, right? If you're going to embark on this path, you've got to make sure your production quality is at least reasonable. It doesn't cost much to get a decent microphone, some soundproofing, uh, some lighting. But if you're going to do it, uh, just like most other channels out there, really plan for it. Uh, put a strategy together and really commit to it. Give it a good six months. Test out a few different formats. Ask for feedback. It might not work for you in the end, but if it does, you might find yourself with an incredible new acquisition channel that your competitors are not taking advantage of. If you'd like to learn more about shoppable live streaming, reach out to Sarah on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got James Ewans joining me from Furniture Box. And we're going to be talking a bit about how brands can exploit tech to expand into new channels. But until then, keep those customers clicking.